0: I am Michelle Gifford. Hey, I'm Sarah Allred. We are the girls behind Women with Fire, and we specialize in building influencers. Welcome to the podcast. Listen as we chat with influential women who feel guided by the divine to build empires of truth at home, in business, and abroad. The goal here is to empower you to grow your influence everywhere. Join the nation of women who get things done at thewomenwithfire.com Hey you, welcome back to the Women With Fire podcast. It is interview day and I'm sitting across from a hero of mine. So this is Sarah Allred. I get to interview today. I get to host today. Way excited to be here. And I've got a hero. Before I even tell you who it is, let me tell you why she's already my hero. First, I have slept beneath her on the bottom bunk of the bunk bed, <laughs> and she's a saint, <laughs> and little did I know what she would teach me over the coming year. <laughs> Second, she's a podcaster, and so she's near and dear to my heart because she knows what goes behind a podcast. Yeah. And third, as we were planning to meet today, she texted me, and I'm going to read your text, girl. I'm going to read your text. She says, she asked if we were recording today, and I'm like, yes. She said, this has been the most challenging week, but I don't doubt the timing of things, so I'm pressing forward with the interview, praying for the Spirit to carry me. And I thought, yeah, we've asked the right person we've asked the right person that has decided to press forward praying that the spirit is there so everybody drum roll who do we have here this is brianna johnson from the life beats project welcome
1: Hi, everybody. <laughs> Thanks <laughs> for asking me, Sarah. You are amazing. I am, you are a hero of mine as well, and I'm just so grateful for you. And from the minute that I met you, I'm just like, yes, I need this person in my life. <laughs>
0: oh, you are the best. And And the thing that is so neat about you is I feel like I met you at a time when, bluntly, life was rocky and rough for you. Yes. It was a year ago. It was a year ago in September that you and I met, and I have seen you evolve and change, and I've been addicted to your podcast. I shouted it from the rooftops (laughs) on
1: Studio 5. I did. I'm so grateful for you for that. That was like, I was knocked over in my seat, for sure.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, and if you missed that segment of Studio 5, we talked about like the five podcasts we think every woman should listen to, and one of the reasons, if I were to rename your podcast, I would call it... The fearless podcast because <laughs> just, I mean, you talk about every topic in the book that will make people uncomfortable and they don't know how to approach and talk about, and you tackle it like head on, either with experts or within your own life, right? Thank you. Was, yes, was that the point of the Life Beats Project podcast? Tell me how this even came about. I mean, this was your, this has been your baby for years.
1: Yes, it has been. I think for me, I just I really, truly just have this passion to let people know how extraordinary they are in their own story and how inspiring that they are, wherever they are on their journey. And so for me to be able to have this platform, to be able to give a voice to other people, to be able to share those hard things, um, to know that, you know, the lessons that they have learned, are there for not only themselves but for other people and just that power that power of hearing someone else's story and really as the listener connecting inside of that story connecting their own personal story inside of someone else's and so i definitely didn't set out to be able to tackle the hard topics Um, a lot of them just kind of came to me (laughs) but i knew that i was willing to allow people that platform that if they wanted to share that i wanted to give them that that opportunity and it's amazing to me the people that have just come into my life who have actually reached out to me and said i've never shared my story before and i want to share it with you and that is the greatest compliment because that means that they are comfortable that they feel like they're safe with me that they're safe with their hard things that they're safe with their stories that they can share and it means that we've created a beautiful community of of welcoming um, people who have their open arms who we're not going to judge but are going to be able to embrace them um, and learn from them and so that's just kind of how it's gone we have tackled some really difficult things we you know we've we've ta- tackled sexual abuse and pornography and drug addiction you know um all kinds of divorce and things and and yes these stories sound grand in a way but there are elements and universal truths and all of those that we can each apply in our own lives and that's what i take like when i when i share the stories on my podcast i don't say this is a cancer story or this is a a prostitute story or this is a you know i don't i don't i don't share it that way i share it as This is how, this is the story of someone finding their purpose. This is the story of someone feeling safe. This is someone feeling that they're enough. Like, those are the core things that I want people to take from whatever, you know, story that that is shared.
0: That is so fantastic because I think sometimes we can dive into the clickbait side of things and you could try and sell it for what the topic of the story is, but instead of maybe what the victory that lies behind that story and so I admire you for your for your brilliance that way. So if we have listeners already that have connected with you that have that have said, "Wait a minute, I've never listened to our podcast and I want to be part of this community. How do you become part of the Life oh. Beats Project community?" How do you Oh, they oh. want to know you. <laughs>
1: Well, I guarantee if you're listening to the Women with Fire podcast, you are already in because I call our community a community of good seekers and change makers, and that's who we are. We we are those people that are looking for the good and who are at that place in their life that they want to improve, they want to be better. And so you can hop on over. I'm on Instagram at the Life be- at Life Beats Project. Actually, no, the but Life Beats Project, and on Facebook at the Life Beats Project, and then just wherever you. listen to your podcast just type in life beats that's one word like heartbeat but life beat and you can find us um, this week. I don't know when this is going to be released, but as of this day, it's 109 episodes. So we have plenty for you to listen to. And please can be a part, um, interact. I do an Instagram Live every Tuesday night at 8.30 p.m. Mountain Time. And we chat it up about the, the episode. And, and we have a lot of fun. And, and I love seeing the interaction between our community members. I love that.
0: Love it. And that's been such an awesome labor of love for you because I think you can create a podcast and kind of leave it and you really have gone the extra mile to get to know your listeners and create this community and so I just admire
1: it oh thank you, (laughs) some of my favorite very favorite things are when people come up to me in real life and just say um, do you have a podcast? <laughs> and they just like they talk to me and they tell me what they're learning and they, you know, I just love that. So in-person interaction and events and things like that. I love that as well. And don't
0: think that Brianna is someone that is eating at all the fanciest restaurants out there and that's the only oh. place you're going to find her because <laughs> heaven knows when we hung out this summer, we went to the local
1: Yes, the local Mexican place. That's where you know it's good.
0: (laughs) It was great. She is the real deal. So we like to reach out to our listeners and say, here's who we're interviewing and what do you want to know? And I'm always fascinated by what people most want to know. And I'm going to spring a question on you that I have not prepared you before. That's okay. What do you tell a listener who loves learning about finding themselves and improving and survival and all these different things through all these really intense stories. And she feels like she hasn't had anything super traumatic happen to her.
1: Absolutely.
0: And yet she still feels lost in her purpose. And so she's kind of like, do I
1: egg on a trial? Do I want something (laughs) big to (laughs) happen? (laughs) What would you say to someone like that? It's very interesting because that almost that exact conversation is what spurred my lifeline series. So I have a, a series that I do once a once a month the last week called Lifeline and this is where I do a solo cast and the purpose of this is to help you to kind of discover things about your own story. And and I relate it th- usually through things that are going on in my life. But it was very interesting because I had a listener who actually sent me a direct message and said almost the exact same thing. It's so we, probably that, her. Yeah, maybe. It could <laughs> <laughs> But we met. We met up. We walked around the lake. And we chatted. And it was such a beautiful conversation. And we've developed a friendship since then. And... I think what happens is that we look at our lives as if we're ordinary. We just look at it as the things that we've gone through, we've made it through and it doesn't seem that extraordinary or it doesn't seem that exceptional or anything earth shattering because it's our story and we've done it. And a lot of times it takes, sometimes it takes someone else to ask those questions, to be able to to really show them, look what you have done look what the, you have overcome maybe it becomes easy to you because these things are natural for you to be able to problem solve or to be kind to your neighbor or to be able to just go through a trial and you know just go through it and not have a lot of emotional ups and downs and and you look at that and think well that's just i just did it that's just what i do But for someone else to be able to to look at that and to be able to say, that is amazing. That is extraordinary what you've been able to do. Sometimes you need that outside perspective. And sometimes it's hard for us to hear that, to be able to see, oh, well, well, I just did it. Well, yeah, you did it, but look what you did. And so I think I do encourage people to be able to have these discussions with people that you trust and people that love you to kind of talk about those feelings and for them to bring an outside perspective. Um, I think that's really important. Um, another thing that I would say would be, you know, what what are those stirrings that you have inside of you? You know, what are those things that maybe keep coming to your mind? And maybe you do feel a little lost. Maybe you feel like you don't have a direction, but I, I would say if you – can start listening to your heart, start listening to those promptings of the spirit and those stirrings, they're already inside of you. It doesn't have to be something that you feel is grand, that there you have been called to a purpose, that you have this calling in your life. You can make flourish just by paying attention to it, um, acting on little things here and there until it, you give it space to grow. I truly believe that a lot of times what you see is something grand from someone else started very similarly to the stirrings that you currently have. And you just, they're built upon, you're seeing the end result in their life. You're not, you're not feeling those, those springs of, you know, well inside of them at the beginning, you're just seeing the end result. Well, you may be at that beginning of your journey. And if you can nurture those, those little things in your life that are happening right now, You will see them continue to build, and you will start seeing if you actually are looking for them, you're going to start seeing them grow and flourish in your life. And and I think that's so important. I think a lot of times we just dismiss those things because they do start out small. But I think if Heavenly Father showed us the end, we would be so overwhelmed and thought, there's no way I can do that. There's no way that I, me, can accomplish that. Uh, and maybe, you know, that's that's kind of a nice thing in some ways. Sometimes I just want to know the end. Just tell me the end and I'll make it there. But Heavenly Father is so wise in knowing that, you know, daughter, if I showed this to you, you might just be so overwhelmed. But He just gives us a little bit at a time. And so if we can really take that and build upon it, I really think that that will change the way that we see ourselves.
0: That is such wise advice. And it makes me think, would you ever discourage your kid from trying something new, <laughs> from starting cross country, or from, I wanna try and learn the piano, not knowing what the end result's gonna look like, not knowing yeah. whether this is their gig or not, like you'd you never stop it. You just wouldn't, because there's, there's such priceless experiences in just the starting, and like you said, the paying attention. Of what those stirrings and interests are showing so that that is fantastic. I really love that and I'm hoping that there is a part of your podcast that has stuck with me for since the summertime that I hope you'd be willing to reshare and this is when you gave us some imagery about the moon.
1: Oh yes, that I just get the chills just thinking about it. Me, me too. <laughs> I love it so oh. much. And it it is truly I am such a visual person and I can't tell you the the lasting effects that this has had on me because we do get to see the moon every night if it's not hidden but for me it has such importance and so i would love to share that thank you for asking this is actually something that my son taught me he very much into learning about celestial bodies and uh, and everything that comes with that and so he introduced me to this idea and it and i was able to take it and kind of relate it to the scriptures and so this is idea of you know, the, the concept of waxing. And so as we begin, we know that the moon exists in full. It always does. It's always complete. It's always there in full, but we just can't always see it. And so as there are these things that come into our life that create these these layers of darkness or, or layers of these shadows that come on that, that hide um, parts of our own wholeness, our own uh, complete, um, it's only... As the moon begins to wax and a little bit of more of the surface of the moon is illuminated every night going from that crescent moon um, to the quarter moon and going on until we it reaches full glorious beauty um, of the full moon. And so for me, that is a lot of the messaging that I want to share with my community is that you are whole. You exist um, in this glorious wholeness. But there are things in our life that maybe cloud our own view of ourselves. And as we start peeling those layers off, as we start doing those little things that what already exists, that extraordinary that's already inside of us will just become more illuminated to us as it continues to wax just a little bit at a time. And I actually have a friend of mine who sent me this little crescent moon and I have it hanging from my rear view mirror and it gives me strength because I acknowledge the progress that I've made. I've really learned to do that and it has changed my life because I'm, I talk about self-talk all the time (laughs) to my community, like the power of hearing your voice saying, I did this better today than I did yesterday. And you know, my, I'm waxing, I'm waxing this, I'm growing little bit by a little bit. And I'm seeing more of the goodness that's inside of me. And there is such power to acknowledging that and such power to hearing our own voice tell ourselves, you know, um, acknowledging those good things inside of us.
0: That to me is, has been the biggest game changer for me from your podcast. I've listened to over a hundred of your episodes Woo-hoo! and that <laughs> is, that is my biggest, big takeaway I mean I could fill pages with the takeaway but I will never forget what that has taught me and I'm so grateful for your sweet son and how sensitive you were to his his story and what he was seeing um let's talk about your waxing Hmm. I met you a year ago in September in 2017 and you were in the middle of some pretty serious darkness And I bring this up with total respect and candor, knowing that you have been candid on your own podcast about the challenges that you have faced, number one, being a divorce. Mm -hmm. And we had a particular listener reach out who didn't even want to post on the thread, but private messaged, and she is in the middle of it. She is in the middle of her divorce and feels completely paralyzed, lost, and one of the things she followed up with is she feels that many of the reasons that this darkness has happened is because of her choices Mm. oh that's so heavy and that brings a whole different element of that um, into play and she is begging for your wisdom
1: Mm. Um, what do you say? well my heart just reaches out to her and I can just I can feel that you know i can feel her heaviness and all of those things i think you know um for me as a member of the church of jesus christ of latter-day saints i i never would have thought that this is where i would have been in my life because i was very strategic is not the word but i was very formulaic in that i thought that a plus b Plus, see, these stepping stones that I took in my life, those things that I knew were the right thing, that they were always going to lead to eternal happiness in the way I saw it to be. And so, and it's very difficult when that's not the way it happens, is that, there, there are things that come and happen in our life that, that that aren't that A plus B equals C type of thing that we do hold on to. And, and it's, it is a beautiful ideal, and I'm grateful for that. But I think for us to be able to see that that's not always the case, um, that's a hard reality. And it's a harsh place to be, especially if you feel like there were things that you did um, that would lead to that things not adding up the way that you wanted or you thought that it would and it's difficult like I know that there are things that I made mistakes in in my marriage and that that's a difficult thing that I try and work through um, but my my heart goes out to her and and just wanting her to know that the peace that she can find will be her greatest companion because we know where that peace comes from that peace comes from God and and it comes with doing your best every day to walk with Christ and that could mean taking the covers off of yourself in your bed and swinging your feet over and maybe just sitting on the side of the bed for a minute before you before you're able to get up whatever that looks like for you i would you know challenge her challenge is not the right word but i would just put my arms around her and just say You can do this and whatever efforts that you can make to find out what it means to walk with Christ and to invite that peace into your life to do that and and I think that's one of the biggest things that I've taken away from my experience with my divorce is that everyone's walk looks different although we have this idea of what we think it should like look like the way that we think that that a follower of christ should look like and what they would should do there is not one way that everyone's life is going to look different everyone and we we have to be forgiving of others we also have to be forgiving of ourselves if it doesn't look like the way that we thought it would be if we end up doing things differently than we thought we ever would thinking things that we never thought we would think you know we have to be forgiving of ourselves in that way and that that is hard it's a hard thing but it's also been a beautiful thing because it's created a lot of freedom in my mind there are a lot of things that i've that once i've understood that that i don't have to put um, a definitive judgment on i don't have to put a definitive um, answer to is just being able to have that relationship of trust with heavenly father that the things that are that are happening are eventually gonna be the thing that I need to be the kind of person that reaches that potential, um, you know, that, that is fit for me and what I was designed for and, and the, 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 the way that my story will be led. So that's, you know, that's what I would say to her, just, you know, to hold on to that and whatever it takes for her to be able to find that peace, to be able to find that. And now
0: a small break. A word from those who make this podcast possible. This podcast is powered by Entreport. Entreport is our number one business tool. It literally does it all. Email marketing, sales funnels, automation, and it basically keeps your business running even when you're sleeping. Not only is Entreport the backbone of our businesses, but you can design a full-blown website using their customizable landing pages. It is the one-stop powerhouse shop where we keep our email lists, growth, marketing goals, and businesses at their very best. Check out the show notes or jump on thewomenwithfire.com slash Entreport to get started. And now back to the Women with Fire podcast. So what would you say was surprisingly the hardest part of your divorce? Is it the loss of love? Is it the loss of, what is it? What do you think kind of surprised you about the hardness of it?
1: Well, there's definitely a lot of layers, but I think what was surprised me the most that was completely unexpected. And I wish there was a way for married people to be able to appreciate this. And I just don't know how they can, but I wish that there was a way because I think it would change the way that they looked at their marriage if they could appreciate this. And so the the most difficult, the surprisingly most difficult part for me has been the intangibles of marriage, the void of the intangibles of of marriage. Being able to have a companion who loves you unconditionally, being able to have someone who's raising your children with you, someone who you can talk about gospel insights with, someone who has goals that you're working towards, someone who's there just to talk to, somebody who holds you, somebody that has, um, you know, your similar, um, you know, interests. You're raising these children. Just all of these things that are the intangibles of marriage that you just don't realize. That exist until they're not there, and it has been the the biggest void in my life. And yes, I grieved my relationship, but I have been so surprised of how what a huge void it is just to not have that anymore. I have been I was married for longer than I wasn't, and I and so I really kind of grew up having that security having that companionship having that love having someone there to encourage me uh, to support me and to and i really had a beautiful relationship and a beautiful marriage and so for that to be gone i can't even tell you what that feels like it is it is the lowest possible feeling a real feeling of loneliness that that I can't even tell you how much that hurts and how empty that feels and how much you just you just long for that and you sometimes in a way you don't know how to function without that. And so it really requires a different place of trusting in the Lord and a different way of looking at the savior in your life and the role that He plays. It's it's a completely different thing. Like uh, when I became a uh, full-time provider for my family, uh, no longer able to be a stay-at-home mom, um, I had an identity crisis of sorts at that time because I had, a, I had been the mom that did the morning devotionals. I had taken my kids to the park. I had done the taxiing, all those things. I, I did the homework. I was in the home. I was there with my kids. I knew their friends. I knew their activities, all of those things. And so when I was no longer able to be in the role of motherhood that I wanted, I was like, well, who am I then? Who am I if I'm not all of those things? Um, but I had my husband there to support me and I had that I had so I had to realize that yes I I am a daughter of God that's my my role that's who I am but I also had the security of a marriage and a relationship as as a a buoy in my life as a stability and so once again having the whole roles of well now I'm not even a wife now I don't get to love someone now I don't have I don't have that exchange of love in my life. So who am I and what's my purpose if not to serve and love someone, you know, and it just really just strips all of those things away where you really have to come to understand of who you are. And it takes a lot of courage. It takes a lot of courage to allow yourself to feel those feelings because it's, it's it's so easy to just wanna push them away and just say, Heavenly Father, I can't do this. I can't feel those things, so I'm not going to. I'm not gonna feel them. Or to even say, well, I'm gonna entertain this idea of bitterness, and I'm just gonna be angry because as I feel like another form of numbing, really, even though there's it's anger, it also numbs the hurt when you can be angry. And so uh, to have to choose, I'm not gonna go down that path of anger and bitterness, um, to really, to allow yourself to feel the rejection, to allow yourself to feel the sadness, to allow yourself to feel the betrayal and all of those things, it hurts. It hurts so bad. But I, I have to be willing to feel those things because I know in my heart that there is something on the other side that there is a person that i'm supposed to become to help whoever i need to be to be helping and you know i do have absolute hopes of being able to marry again and and if that brings me happiness that i've ever known that would would be beautiful but it but it really has to start with me and my own personal relationship with heavenly father and the savior and what that means to walk with them in a different way than i've ever ever had to pursue in my life.
0: This is so heavy and so hopeful. <laughs> oh, <I'm> so sorry. <laughs> and so heavy and so hopeful. Oh, oh. I mean this is so important. Oh. This is so important, Brianna. And mm-hmm. one of the things that kept stirring in my mind as you were sitting there talking is I personally has have never been divorced. But I have people in my direct family and and close friends who have, and I am a crummy friend. I don't know what to say. I don't know what to do. I'm like, yeah, I can bring dinner. (laughs) Yeah, I I mean, I just feel so crummy that I don't know how to approach someone and help. Have you had great friends through this? I have. have you had great family members? What, is, what does that look like? Like specifically, how can we be awesome supporters and an awesome community for women, especially women who within the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, divorce is probably less prominent um, than outside. I don't know if that's a true statistic or not. I'm probably not right there, but there is a real challenge um, being in that community. What, what do we do?
1: Well, I, I think providing opportunities for them to talk, providing opportunities just to, for you to be in their home or give them op- opportunities to leave their home, just I think is for me, it's just people being in my life. Because there's a lot of people that drop out because it is heavy. And they don't know what to do, and so they stay away because they don't know what to say. They don't know what to do. But just for instance, I had a, um, a girl in um, my congregation in our ward that found out um, some new developments in my, my my divorce. And she came up to me on Sunday, and she just said, I heard what happened, and I'm so sorry. And she just gave me a hug. And that's exactly what I needed because she acknowledged She acknowledged the hard in my life. She didn't try and avoid eye contact or, or, you know, just try and, um, say everything's going to be okay, like quickly or, you know, and just, just try and say something like that. She just acknowledged that it was hard and that she was sorry. So don't avoid it. Don't avoid it. Don't avoid it. And, um, you know, just provide opportunities to be around them. And I would say, for me especially, is like, um, be there on a consistent, doesn't, there's the, not consistent isn't even in the right, it doesn't even have to be consistent, but be persistent, maybe is the right way, is like, if you reach out to them, you know, just letting them know in a text that you're thinking about them, and when they're wanting to talk that you're available, don't let that be the only time that you reach out. Let reach out again. Like for me it's like sometimes I'm just not in this place where I'm ready to talk about things because I've already cried for hours and I don't feel like doing that again. But if I know that that person is truly concerned and is available and wanting to be in my life if they reach out to me, you know, on another time or another time that I will turn to that person. Um, and reach out to them um, when it is when it is a better time for me to do so. Um, so it just it can be anything casual, just staying in their life and acknowledging it and, and, and just being sincere in, in what you can offer them. Um, another thing that I've really enjoyed is people would just say, "I'd like to come do your laundry. Can you please put it on your porch? It's not even an ask. (laughs) It's just, this is something that I can serve you in. Please let me do it. And I will be by this specific time Um, please have your laundry on the porch or whatever just something like that instead of the let me know what I can do to help you just being specific about I mean think about your own life and how you wish somebody could be that little fairy for you and step in and I've had people say I'm coming over to clean your kitchen you know when's a good time this time or this time you know and so just little things like that when you're so weighed down when you feel like everything is calling out to you for help, when you feel like you have, especially as a single mom, when you have children that need you, when you have so many things, you know, and and your career and all these things, People think when they offer to clean something or they offer to pick up your kids from school or they offer to go on a walk with you or they think in their mind, it's so small. But when you have so many things piling up on you, those small things could be the very thing that lighten them and and will allow them to breathe maybe for the first time in a really long time.
0: I love this because I can like put this on a sticky note. I can say, don't avoid it, (laughs) you know, call it out. I can say be persistent Mm -hmm. and then last to think small and that small is okay. You know? It makes me so happy that you've had many positive experiences um being surrounded by the people that have set those grand examples because now I'm not gonna be crummy anymore. I'm gonna be (laughs) I doubt you've ever been crummy, for it. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, I have tools now on my sticky notes, Good. thanks to you. Oh, I just love it. Um, one of the, I think, more sensitive parts of, of a divorce or any kind of, of trauma or story that's happening that takes away from the confidence of the woman or feeling loved of the woman, whatever you want to call it, um, are the kids. Yeah. What examples have you seen or what have you learned about about how this impacts kids and and maybe some of the victories you've seen or the challenges you've worked through?
1: Well, I think in everything else in motherhood, you realize that all of your kids deal with it differently. And so that does present a challenge, especially because you are in your own grief and I know there was a period of time where I did have my mother came and lived with me for a couple months because I wasn't able to take care of myself and take care of my kids. The devastation was so deep that I that I needed that and I was grateful to have a mother who could do that and and if you don't have someone that can do that you know, still look for ways to ask for help and asking for help is so, so difficult. Um, but, but I think that's a challenge is that you're going through your own grief and then your children are going through their own grief all in different ways. And I think one of the things that I've learned that is important, but it is difficult is to also allow your children to feel the feelings validate their feelings that this is a hard thing. You can feel sad. You can feel angry. Those are all, you know, you can feel of those things because it's our tendency to not want them to suffer, not want them to hurt. We just want to make it better for them too and so a lot of times we just our tendency is like, "Oh, it's fine. It's going to be okay." Or, you know, it's all going to work out and, you know, and it just we we can't we can't dismiss their feelings. We have to allow them to feel those too and it is hard. I remember a day where I had to go to work and my 12 year old son was crying in bed and i he did not wanna get up and go to school and I just remember being so angry that I was put in this position where I was the one at home. I was the one left picking up the pieces of my son's grieving heart, and I had to go to work, and I couldn't stay home. And I have a punching bag in my basement for a reason. (laughs) and I just just hit that that punching bag, and I was so frustrated. I was so angry, like, I'm I'm left here. I have to watch my son go through this. And I had to give him a hug and tell him I love him, and I had to leave. I let him stay home from school. He was 12, and I, you know, I, I let him stay home, and I had to go, and that was so challenging because I just wanted to fix it. I didn't I didn't want him to be sad, but but he he also has to go through that grieving process, and I think it's important as much as we need to model strength. For me, modeling strength means pointing my children to the Savior letting them know that they can feel the feelings that they're feeling but we know to what source that we turn to find that peace to find that that happiness and that there is a plan for us and that we have to have hope in heavenly father's plan for us and um and that has been a challenge for me um and, and also the realization that your kids just want you they just want you and it doesn't matter if you're you know, it doesn't matter what state you're in, if even if you're crying, like I've had my children wrap their arms around me so many times as I didn't even know they could hear me crying, you know, coming from other rooms and just putting their arms around me and just sitting with me. And and it hurts because I worry about them seeing me this way, but but I also know that they're watching me get up and go to work. They're watching us have family prayer, they're watching me in the mess, in my weakness, trying my best to do what I can for them and pointing out, you know, inviting the Holy Ghost into their day and into our days. And that's what I hope that they see, even though I know I'm probably fumbling through, I know I'm fumbling through and making all kinds of mistakes, that I really hope that that's what they're seeing, is that mom knows who she goes to to find peace and, and that's what we need to do too. This is so powerful to me. This is so powerful because I'm sitting here thinking about your
0: kids and what I know about them and what I I know about you from the past year. And I just think these kids are getting a crash course and a a visible manifestation of the power of the atonement. Yes. I mean, very visible. You talk about how, yeah, maybe you feel like your kids are sitting there fumbling. Well, every kid is going to fumble. Yeah, and they are seeing this beautiful, resilient mom be willing to cry, be willing to punch the punching bag that cracks me up, <laughs> um, and and also not giving up. Yeah, I mean, you are the breadwinner. You are raising them. You are working. You are doing all those things, and I just think the ultimate crash course that these kids are witnessing, and and the. The powerful tangible examples that they will carry with them through their lives you're doing remarkably well thank
1: you Sarah (laughs) this is
0: just just incredible and I I just appreciate so much your candor I mean so many of our listeners they they want to get past the fluff yeah and they want to understand the real feelings that happen (laughs) Mm-hmm. Um, from the day to day tragedies and the, just the day to day experiences that you're having, so I appreciate I'm you so, being so willing to to talk about your 12 year old. Yeah, at home, I mean, painful. I have no doubt we have listeners that are just feeling it, that are feeling
1: <laughs> why
0: why is this happening? So just so marvelous, and I'm so grateful that they've had the chance to hear from you and and really my takeaways are 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 going to make me reassess just how real that atonement is. I mean, god yeah. I am thirty-six years old. Brianna? Yeah. Thirty-six years old. And I've seen the transformation in you. And I've only seen you on about three occasions. And the transformation that has happened in the past year, I will never forget it.
1: Oh, thank you. I really appreciate that. And it for me it's it's really been an hour to hour thing like we talk about day to day but sometimes the days are just too long you know it's just this idea of coming back to that peace and and i've talked about on my podcast this idea of recalibration and you know our standard of being and what we want that to be and for me that's that peace and that connection to christ and how can i recalibrate what what are the little things that i need to do to be able to get back to that and that's what i and but it's so much work but it's so worth it but it does sometimes for me it is minute to minute hour to hour because a day is just too much and um but it is it is very powerful when you're able to see that in your life when really things are stripped away um and you just that's what you have that's what you have left which is the only thing really the only thing
0: Man, well, this this is going to just reach so many people. And if it's impacted one person, it's me. (laughs) (laughs) So we'll take it. (laughs) We will take it. Well, I I have no doubt that as you've gotten to know Brianna today, that now the best it's the best time ever to connect with her because you've got over 100 episodes, my friend. (laughs) Come over, <laughs> come yes. on over. Get to know her. <laughs> You're going to want to dive in and learn about this fabulous collaboration that she has. She now works for Sturry and what that means yes. and how they're changing the world. We love them so <laughs> much. They're the best. Got to put in the plug for Sturry, right? Yes. Sturry <laughs> is amazing. Such a blessing well in my life. So great. Well, you are absolutely the best. One of my deep, deep heroes. I'm so grateful I've been able to share this space with you.
1: Thank you so much for having me on the podcast. I really appreciate it. You know, I love you and Michelle.
0: (laughs) Hey, thanks for listening to the Women With Fire podcast. Your support means a lot to us. In fact, your support is what makes this podcast possible. If you want to connect more with the guests we've had on our podcast and Connect more with Sarah and Michelle, the creators of the Women with Fire podcast. Find us on Instagram at The Women with Fire or find us in our Facebook group. Simply search Women with Fire and join the group. We'll see you there.